0: Hello, and welcome to One World, One Health, where we take a look at some of the biggest problems facing our world. I'm Maggie Fox. This podcast is brought to you by the One Health Trust, with bite-sized insights into ways to help address challenges such as infectious diseases, climate change, and pollution. We take a One Health approach that recognizes that everything on this planet – the animals, plants and people, and the climate and environment – are all linked. Community health workers are such an important part of public health. They're on the ground. They educate people, help treat people, and have their eyes and ears on their friends, families, and neighbors. They help organize communities during emergencies like the COVID pandemic. But they're often underpaid and underappreciated or not paid at all. Most are women, and in most societies, this so-called women's work is considered part of their natural role. In this podcast, we're chatting with Margaret Odera from her home in Nairobi, Kenya. She's a community health worker who's also an organizer seeking better recognition for people doing this important work. We are where pandemics start and stop, Margaret tells us. Margaret, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. (laughs) You're a community health worker. Can you tell us what that means? A community health worker is a health worker who stays in the grounds with the people of her or his community. And a community health worker is somebody who does the mobilization, sensitizations, linkages, referrals, and follow-up to make sure that there is a state of health in the community is better than before. A community health worker also is there to detect and respond to outbreaks or pandemics. So that they may not spread. They may be controlled and combated. What brought you into this work? I came into this work by default, actually. When I was little, I aspired to be a nurse. But life happened and I could not nurse. And I became a community health worker after passing through a certain phase of life, after getting infected and going through the prevention of mother-to-child transmission of HIV. That's how I came by the process that life itself was taking me. That's how I came to love to be even the community health worker so that my community will change. The mindset of the mothers will change so that our children will not to be infected by HIV, and we are going to have a free HIV-free generation in future. As a community health worker, what are some of the skills that you have? As a community health worker, I am a skilled mentor mother. I specialize in prevention of mother-to-child transmission of HIV, because that is where I am skilled. I mentor HIV-positive pregnant and lactating mothers. So when a mother is pregnant, immediately that mother is, has conceived and is, has been tested positive. There is where I start with that mother until she gives birth. I follow her on the antiretroviral drugs. I follow her on disclosure. I give her the psychosocial support and we do one-on-one each and every step. I go with that mother until the mother gives birth. Until that child is 18 months and HIV free. That's where I stopped.
0: So you must have been very busy during COVID.
1: Yes, I have been very busy during COVID because that time, even the mothers were not coming to the hospital. And the people who were HIV positive, some of them passed away because of depression. Where I am living is a semi-slum. Mathare is a slum area. So most of the people who are living there defaulted. Most of them didn't return back to the hospital. So we had to follow them up. We had to trace them wherever they are, and we had to bring them back to the hospital. So others were having depression. There, there are some of my clients who were taken to the mental asylum, so it was not easy at all. But we tried our best as community helpers to make sure that uh, the COVID is uh, controlled in Kenya. At the same time, about vaccine hesitancy, also it was another hell of work to do because many people never believed in these vaccines. And in Masare, there are very many people who are addicted to drinking. So you'll find that many men, especially men, are stuck in drinking sprees. So most of the time, you'll find even these sanitizers, people never understood that they are there for, washing, for cleaning hands. You could find it when people were drinking them because they, it was a, it had a percentage of alcohol inside. So it was a tough job convincing this person to even wash his hands or her hand. There's an instant that I was, when I was just going around my work. And I told, there are some women I found there, and I told them the importance of washing their hands. And they asked me, we don't have water in Mathare, so what are we going to wash our hands with? Are we going to, the little water that we have, are we going to cook or to bathe or to wash our hands? Yeah. So with the challenges that we have in the slum area like this that I'm staying, without enough water, it was not easy even to tell people to
0: wash their hands, and they agree. So, yeah, we were busy. When people talk about responding to pandemics and other health emergencies, they talk about needing someone on the ground in the community to do that day-to-day work to help people figure out how to protect themselves. You're doing that. Yes, yes, that's
1: what I'm doing. I'm telling somebody to protect him, him or herself. Telling somebody to do social distancing in a place like this You just go two steps, then another house, two steps, another house. It was not easy. But people tried their best. With time, people accepted, started washing their hands. People started wearing masks. And this is because the members of communities like me were there to tell them, no, this is not right. When you don't wash your hands, when you greet people with your bare hands during this pandemic, it's not right. So it's because of the community health workers who are on the ground that COVID was able to be controlled even in the community.
0: You've been working to organize community health workers and to get better recognition. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there? That community health
1: workers are doing a very important job in the community. That this community health worker does a lot of work in the ground. And unfortunately, as a community health worker submits reports, that informs policy decisions even to the government. at the end of every month, every other health worker goes to the park smiling, but this community health worker, at the end of the same end of every month which she has committed she has uh, submitted reports, will have nothing to put in her table. And I thought this is not right. We did not even have our names in the system. We were so scattered everywhere that even our names were not even in the, in the county system. I decided to start a group because I had a feeling that if we are scattered, if we are not together, we will not create an impact of advocacy. But if we come together as a block, we will have weight. Our speech, our advocacy will have weight. So I decided, I started with the five people from Mathare, five community health workers. And we created a small WhatsApp group of five people. And now those five people, each and every person was bringing other community health workers and tell them that we are starting an advocacy. And uh, within four to six months, I was asking the other community health workers, and if you know somebody from Kisumu, if you know somebody from, from Kericho counties. So that is how we kept to grow. It was telling a friend to tell a friend. Because we didn't have money even to travel, to go to other counties. Now we have 43 counties on board out of 47 counties in Kenya. And I'm looking forward in creating a national association. My main objective in this is to see a professionalized, paid, and a trained community health worker, because that is building health workforce better. And it's also because of the universal health coverage and the global health security. Because this community health worker is not professionalized. This community health worker is not salaried. Then we will have a problem with the global health security. So that's what I saw for the sake of the universal health coverage, for the sake of the rights of women. Because 70% of the community health workers are women. So I thought it's high time that we should now start advocating for ourselves. And I told that community health workers, That if we do not advocate for ourselves, nobody will advocate for us. In Kenya, community health workers started working since 1986. It's approaching 40 years from the time community health workers were based in Kenya. But nothing was done until community health workers started advocating for themselves. That's now, I can see now at least the government is doing something. We are getting a small stipend. We are being equipped, but that is not enough. It is not enough because at the end of the day, we should have a professionalized, a salaried and a trained, a formalized community health worker, just like any other health worker. And if the governments can say that they cannot afford to pay the community health workers, then it means that they can afford child mortality. They will afford debts. If they cannot
0: afford to pay community health workers, that is what they are saying. Why do you think people undervalue the work that community health workers do? One, it is
1: because 70% of the community health workers are women. And you know, for a long time, women have been taken for granted. We do a lot of work and receive very little or no salary at all. Just an emotional black man telling me that only God can pay me. You know, you see, when we, we approach the Mother's Day, You know, people praise women so much. People praise the mothers. Oh mama, you have done a lot of work. I cannot even pay you. It's only God can pay you. And I think that is what the health fraternity, that is the direction that the health fraternity has taken because they see that a bigger percentage of the people who are working on the ground are women. Trust me, if 70% of community health workers were men, things could have been different. They could have been paid a good salary at that. And I think that is not right. That is a corporate injustice against women. And this must change. And it cannot change if somebody doesn't speak. Yeah. If somebody doesn't speak, it cannot. And it reached a point that community health workers were so comfortable in that, you know, being applauded, being told that you're doing a good job. They were so comfortable in that. As in, even the time I started this network, some of the community health workers were thinking that I'm starting to rebel. They even told me to stop because they thought and now I'm becoming rebellious. That I told them, no, this is even building the health workforce better. For a long time, there was no, there's no training. There's no institution that a community health worker can go and learn and come back to the community and now practice that. That institution is not there. There is no curriculum for the community health worker. And it's high time that now community health workers should have a curriculum. The person who comes into contact with the patients at the community is this community health worker. The person who comes into contact with the person who has vaccine hesitancy, who does not believe in even giving birth in the hospital, and believes in giving birth with the traditional birth attendant. It is the community health worker. The person who will tell a mother that she should go to hospital to get tested so that we may have elimination of mother-to-child transmission of HIV, it is the community health worker. A doctor cannot do that. A doctor cannot come to doorsteps every day to look for patients, but a community health worker does that. But unfortunately, there is no curriculum based on that, and I think that is a wrong direction. Pandemic starts and stops in the community. And there is where a community health worker is. So if you don't professionalize, if you don't institutionalize this community health worker, then we'll have a weak health system. So I tell the health fraternities to have the informed choice to choose between paying the community health workers, professionalizing the community health workers, or getting ready for the pandemics and outbreaks, because they will surely come. This
0: is such important work you're doing, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for joining us too. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. You can learn more about this podcast and other important topics at onehealthtrust.org. And let us know what else you'd like to hear about at owoh at onehealthtrust.org. Until next time. Thank you for listening to One
1: World, One Health, brought to you by the One Health Trust. I'm Ramanan Lakshmi Narayan, founder and president of the One Health Trust. You can subscribe to One World, One Health on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at One Health Trust, One Word, for updates on One World, One Health, and the latest in research on One Health issues like drug resistance, disease spillovers, and the social determinants of health. Finally, please do consider donating to the One Health Trust to support this podcast and
0: other initiatives and research that help us promote health and well-being worldwide. Until next time.